Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Hey, hello, hi, everyone, welcome. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're <laughs> we're um, we're going to start by practicing a little bit before we jump into the fourth uh, noble truth. And um, so, I feel very inspired by practice. Um, I was just, I had the chance to teach in the, uh, the weeks prior, for a couple of weeks in a, in a big center in Massachusetts, the Insight Meditation Society. Uh, and um, I was teaching with, um, uh, you know, a hundred people come there to be in silence for, uh, in this case, there was a nine-day retreat and a six-day retreat, I think. And so we team teach, we teach with... Uh, other teachers. I teach with other teachers because it's a large group and to meet people and all this. And so I feel very uh, lucky because I was um, I was teaching with uh, amongst other people with two really wonderful uh, women, very strong voices. And uh, often, like I was sitting here being reminded of this because I think just before we started, you said, oh, you seem like you have a good life. And so I sat there with that impression. You, you said something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I looked like a happy guy or something like that. Yeah. So I was sitting here and I was like, wow, actually it's true. I'm, I'm, and why? Why would I be happy? And, and the thought was coming was, well, uh, the f- one of the first thoughts was, oh, I, I was exposed to such good teaching. Uh, and, and two of the voices were by uh, women. And when I come here, there's a... You know, there's a lot of women in this room. I don't want to assume anything, but from my limited perceptions, you know, there's a sense that. Uh, and yeah, I will name them. Yeah, and uh, also being welcomed here in uh, Joanne's center. You know, the the and just before coming to to, to sit here, I was looking at uh, poetry books from. Um, uh, Mary Oliver and, and just like the f- sense that there are such strong powerful voices and these two women that uh, I'm happy to name them because you can go online and listen to them uh, on, on Dharma Seed uh, is one of the places where you can hear them and uh, one is um, uh, Lila Kate Willer and and I'm thinking about them also because I'm going to share a few of the teachings that I got from them just before we sit now and one is uh, the other one is Catherine McGee, and I, I find them extremely powerful uh, teachers. And um, and um, Catherine McGee, if you go listen to her on Dharma Seed, it's going to be a little sad because you won't actually see her, and she's very embodied. And um, the way she teaches, um, um, m- maybe that was developed in her practice, or maybe that's part of her pa- personality, or maybe a little bit of both. But um, the sense I get from her when she's teaching is that she's always in, a, in an inquiry mode. It means that when she's teaching, she's not just like l- letting things out. She's 
checking them in also as she talks. So, and she seems to be very uh, kind of not making any compromise about that. She's always making sure it's the right word and it's still current. Uh, so when she teaches, she's really beautiful to watch because she'll be like, yeah, what, what is it that I want to say? What, what is, is, that, is that real? And, and, she, and she feels it in her body. She's very embodied and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she uses a lot of uh, words. You'll see if you, you experience it experience her like I do but her language because she's so precise with words and so embodied her, her wording of the Dharma is very um, uh, the language is texture is uh, you know she's like oh yeah there's this, this very fruity feeling in me right now or this oh yeah that's very earthy earthy like mushroomy almost and she talks about her emotions and her understanding in the way that it, and she talks about and that's the point I'm trying to get to here um, is uh, during the retreat she was talking about mindfulness and she was talking about it she was saying this to me is a is a is it's not the kind of objective um, kind of knowing kind of dry as she, she was saying this it's a visceral knowing that's how she was describing uh, uh, mindfulness as a, something that is visceral like uh, you know the something you feel into something you sense not something you think of not something uh, and um, and I I I'd never heard that uh, these precise words of a vis- visceral knowing, and it it, uh, it was um, feeling really right to me. It was, yeah, this is vipassana insight. Uh, insight means something intuitive that is known uh, in a penetrative way, we say, or in an embodied, incarnated way. So it's not something like, oh, I should stop doing this. You know, it's not good for me. It's not like that. It's it's more like, whoa, this really hurts. When I do that, that really hurts. When I think of it this way, it doesn't feel good. It's not for my benefit, you know. It's not liberating. And the other version is, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's that feels better, you know. Like the experience of compassion, the experience of a judging mind, and what is liberating in insight uh, practice. The it's the aspect where we feel it deeply. And so we cannot make this happen, but there's the talking about it can uh, help. You know, like as we're about to start practicing here, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, maybe these instructions will help us feel into it. You have, you have a question or something? Oh, I, I just uh, what comes to mind when you say that is that if you experience life that way, it would be very painful. Painful, huh? Well, if you watch the news, then you'd be yeah. just like devastated. You'd yeah, yeah. So much, it, 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 in a visceral way, I think I've tried to work to become less like that in my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but let's. Maybe I'm not understanding the real. Um, what you're really yeah. saying. Okay, so let's see what we're going to discover about that. And uh, and please, you have the right to your own understanding. Uh, mine is that we're in this practice, we're uh, becoming more and more sensitive, feeling things more thoroughly. And it means it might mean that we're going to really feel the world, but it allows also for a feedback loop to be allowed again. 
so moving out of a disconnection, you know, where we hear things, hear things, but it doesn't land. And in this practice, we allow things to land. And at the same time, that's very important, is we're developing, as, at the same time as we're developing the sensitivity, we're developing stability and balance of mind so that we can really feel stuff and not been, um, be thrown off Uh, uh, from it so it's probably I mean it's what we call a practice so mm -hmm. how to develop one with the other so that I can really feel the world I think I think we my sense is we need a sense of connection and also uh, maybe that's what you're pointing to some something that uh, a kind of stability and wisdom so we have the capacity to feel not just be fa feel and be you know uh, hit and uh, and shocked by uh, what's happening. So probably it's a progressive path. And probably Catherine is, uh, is far along <laughs> so that she can feel deeply. Uh, Sounds like the <laughs> So, so when, what? When uh, a wine taster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. So, um, so anyway, that's our presentation. You'll, you'll feel how, what's your way into this for yourself. Uh, the other teacher I was uh, had the chance to spend time with was uh, Lila Kate Wheeler, and I'll just present this idea, this uh, this thing, and you'll see what you want to, to do with this. But um, uh, talking about the practice, she brought this teaching. I've never heard this in 20 years of practice. Maybe it comes from the Tibetan uh, Tibetan tradition, but she was saying that in the teaching we say that there is a flower, and I can't remember the name of the flower. So there's this special kind of flower that um, appears once in the whole story of the universe, expansion of the universe. You know how the, the time is wide, huh? the story of the universe. I, I, I don't know how many... I don't know. The scale doesn't work for me. Like My brain is too small for that kind of scale, but it's, it's huge, you know? Like I don't even know the words in English. Milliards, <laughs> trillions, or something like it's a huge amount of time. And even in the Buddhist uh, psychology, in the Buddhist cosmology, we talk about uh, expansions and contractions and of the universe. So it's even the frame is even bigger because it includes many uh, world systems, you know. And so in the teachings, she says that there's one flower that appears in the whole story of the universe only once. And, and this flower has a particular uh, shape and color and uh, smell, uh, smell yeah, that is unique to it, only once. So imagine you had the chance to actually be there as this event or phenomena, this flower, appears. What would, you, would be your kind of... Uh, what kind of... Uh, attention would you bring to this knowing that this might this happens only once in the story of the universe and you're there as it's happening you know it would it would be fitting not to pay very careful attention knowing that it's going to arise and disappear you know so how would you be it would probably be fitting if conditions were right for you to become extremely quiet calm to actually really tune in and allow this to be known, experienced, that moment, unique in the whole story of the universe. So maybe some calm, some degree of uh, connection, of attention to what's happening. Yeah? 
and probably some interest. No, they would be like, a, "Wow, I really want to be there for that." That's a unique event. And so, in this teaching, Lila was saying, "So imagine this flower. We could take it as a symbol, a symbol of what? Maybe a symbol of you being." a unique arising in the whole story of the universe. Never will there be another unfolding like this one, particular shape and color and smell. Very unique. Don't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would be invited to really tune in, huh? become very silent and attentive, and really tune in and be there for that uh, blooming that life that uh, is happening only for a little while. And so when she told that story, I, I was really touched. I thought, oh yeah, that's talking really well about the kind of the quality attention we want to bring to life. Like, wow, this life here, you know. And then she was uh, really skilled, I thought, because so she talked about this and we went on and later we were doing a meditation and in the middle of the meditation at some point she said, and what if the particular mind state you have now, the particular experience of the body you have now, even if the formation in your mind is worry or is uh, whatever it could be, you know, ache or something, what if this was the flower? How attentive would you be? You know, This is talking about the kind of uh, mindfulness, the kind of loving awareness, the kind of care our attention is invited to be in this practice. Wow, this is how this universe, is man life is manifesting right now. It's a unique shape, and it might be a very hollow or contracted or spacious or, I don't know, uh, chaotic or, you know, vast or tight or it might, whatever the form is, could I recognize that it's a unique, absolutely unique uh, event, phenomena that is happening? And can, it, can this be met exactly as it is? To me, it's talking about the purity of the mindfulness, of the, pr the, the attention we bring. And of course, it's again what we, c we call a practice. So we, we, are, we hear the story and we try to see how, how could I bring this to the sitting here right now? This, the quality of the sound in the room. Or just this breathing in or out. Can that be fully known before it disappears and never to appear again? So with this, I would invite us maybe to move into the meditation practice a little bit. And so even as you readjust the posture, see if you can bring some kind of um, really care, that's the word that comes to mind for me, about what is happening now. So we're very far from the blasé or habitual mind. Huh? It's a mind that really tunes in. Oh, hold on, something special is happening here. 
even in this ordinary afternoon maybe. Let's see if without forcing we can allow just this sitting here to be known fully or as fully as possible. Anything maybe can become this unique flower, the touch of the hands now. And so allowing sensitivity And allowing also some kind of calm or stability to be there, to accompany this sensitivity. Allowing life to unfold as it does through sounds passing by. Through the breath being just as it is. Shallow or deep or slow or fast. Allowing even our hearts to be in the very shape it's in. Hard or soft or big or transparent or seemingly absent or closed or open. being attentive to sounds or belly rising and falling, we might discover a mind that is busy or bugged or interested or quiet. becoming aware that the mind is like this right now, attentive or scattered, impatient or patient, 
We don't have to feel more than what we feel. We just want to feel what we feel well. As well as possible. Attention doesn't have a form or smell or a shape or color. So it can take the form and the shape of anything, of a breath, revealing fully movements of the belly. Or our attention can reveal and take the form of a the joy that we feel, the neutrality that we feel, the sadness that we feel. It can know it fully. Because it doesn't have a form, it can really feel fully, hear the sounds or the silence. We're not thinking about things, but experiencing them, experiencing again the hands resting, the body breathing.
the belly know the breath. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do it from the head. Let the hands know the hands. Or the hearing reveal the hearing. what you're experiencing is pleasant to experience, allow yourself to enjoy it. That's part of the knowing. If what you experience is difficult, see if there can be some heart in there, some compassion, some caring. what you're experiencing is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. See if it's possible to not check out as we usually do. But stay there. In the middle of this uh, neutrality or simplicity. Not give up, not abandon, not checking out. There are thoughts coming by. Notice, be aware that there are thoughts coming by. Not entranced by them. Not enamored and fascinated. Let not your attention be captured. But become aware that images, words, impressions, 
are appearing and disappearing. If the unique ephemeral flower was appearing now, taking the shape of these sensations or these sounds or this tonality in your heart or mind, forcing, not abandoning, inviting relaxation in the field, in wakefulness.
we can infuse a little calm in the system, a little interest, we might notice that pretty much anything can be known and met. some discomfort that you might be feeling right now. See if you can allow that to be in the field, just for a couple of more minutes. Notice the quality of your mind right now, or your heart. No judgments, nothing, just factual. Calmer, more agitated. It's heavy, or it's light, or it's spacious, or it's tight. This is how it is right now. Can that be okay just now? there is confusion or clarity, ease or dis-ease. There was something useful in the practice, some attitude, some ways to be that you could uh, bring on, on the other side of the meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.